In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. I had a uh, pleasant surprise this morning. I, I'm staying at my grandparents, and my parents are here as well. I saw my mum this morning. She said, look what I've got. She's got a jumper. She's got a Browns t-shirt on. My mum has finally been converted to... She, I don't think she's ever watched a game of NFL, but is now officially a Browns fan. When she was over in America, she was in New York, she had gone around a couple of shops trying to find a Browns t-shirt to bring me back. And all she could find was a women's T-shirt. Um, so it was only a five. So she thought, actually, I'm going to get that and surprise him after Christmas. So uh, she's brought herself a brown shirt. My mum constantly wears purple. And I keep telling her to stop wearing purple. But she's not really getting the message. But she has said that she does want to go to Cleveland next year. So I think this is very... Um, we're passing the Browns' love through our community. Yeah, no, I think it's spreading. I, th- I think you're going to see lots of Browns fans sort of um, joining. You see it, especially in England, where people are going, oh, I want to get involved in the NFL. They're going to look at who's the exciting team. So you're going to see more Rams fans pop up. You're going to see more Browns fans pop up. You're probably going to see some Bears fans pop up. And people are just going to get on board with that. My godson uh, has asked for a Saints or a Pats jersey. And being a godparent, I haven't bought them either of them yet, so I think I'm just going to buy them a Browns jersey. Yeah, just buy them a Browns one and tell them they're even better. But if you're going to go and sort of tie them to a franchise for a long time, it's difficult with them too because you just don't know what their succession plans are going to be after two of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL go probably in the next couple of years. What happens next? So it's going to be interesting to see. There's going to be a lot of space for young talent to come through. All right, great. And uh, I think the first topic you want to discuss today is um, kitchen for head coach. Yeah, so if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, um, I would have said, even a week ago, I I wasn't a fan of the idea. Um, And it just comes to the conundrum of the one important thing is how do we make Baker Mayfield better? And Freddie Kitchens has done that very successfully. Um, People go, I'll make... um, Bruce Arians, head coach, and then a succession plan for Kitchens potentially in two years, which could work. But I would say, why bring in Bruce Arians that then might want to do something differently and Kitchens will then work within that. But then Kitchens might get a head coaching offer in a year's time and go somewhere. And if you make Greg Williams the head coach, does that mean Kitchen gets an offer in a year's time or two years' time and he's gone? So um, Brent Sobleski, who we had on before, is a fantastic um, reported works for Bleach Bleacher Report, put or just hire Kitchens as the head coach. His resume resume really isn't any different than Matt Nagy's before he became head coach of the Chicago Bears last season. And so this just made me thought. So I've just gone and looked at Matt Nagy's um career 
Um, I'm just going to go through their NFL teams. I'm not going to go through um, who they did in college or anything. So he did two years as coaching intern for the Eagles. Then he was a coach's assistant for a year. He did two years as offensive quality control coach. Um, three years as quarterbacks coach with the Chiefs. Then one year as... Um, Sorry, two years as Kansas City Chiefs um, offensive coordinator, but he only started calling plays. Um, where was it? It was following a six and five. Uh, the Chiefs were. Um, it uh, re turned over play calling to him, and then. Um, oh, hold it! Um, with the Chiefs at six and five, following a five and zero oh start to the season, Reed ceded play calling duties to Nagy. Under Nagy, the Chiefs finished the regular season four and one, and averaged twenty-eight point six uh, points during that stretch. So, we've already got Freddie Kitchens, who's called done longer calling plays than Matt Nagy has when he got his head coaching job. So, just to go through the career Kitchens has had: two thousand and six, um, Titans coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Then he did five years um, as Titans coach for the Cardinals. Then uh, four years as um, Cardinals quarterbacks coach a year as their running backs coach and then obviously he had half a season with us as running backs coach and associate head coach and then he's done well seven games and soon to be eight as offensive coordinator so his resume is just as strong as Matt Nagy and for me I think there's definitely an option there that if you wanted to go Kitchens as head coach it wouldn't shock me the one, what's the one thing I'm going to say I don't know. The one thing I'm going to say is, what defensive experience has he got? Well, he doesn't have to call the defence. And most people, at the end of the day, um, if you're going to be that level as working in the NFL, you spend as much time studying defences as you do offences. And he doesn't have to call the um, offence. Uh, he doesn't have to, sorry, call the defence. He can bring in someone in. So he, he could easily keep Greg Williams and go, look, Greg Williams, I want you to be the defensive coordinator. He might go to someone else. He's well-liked and well-known within the league. So he'll have people he can bring in. Um, but I think it's a solid thing he could do. And you don't have to get involved because Sean McVay doesn't really get involved that much in the defence. He brought in Wade Phillips. And Wade Phillips runs the defence for him. So I think it could definitely work. Um, the fear is... With me, if you bring in Greg Williams or you bring in uh, Bruce Arians, is you lose Freddie Kitchens within two years and then you're rebuilding an entire offense around Baker Mayfield. Offense is the key thing in the NFL now. And we've got it clicking with Baker and um, Freddie Kitchens. Why risk that? Sorry, mate. I'm not, I'm not buying it. Sorry. I just, just feel that he's... Um, it's not what we need at the moment. Um... I would like Greg Williams, I think, right the second to stay on as head coach and him, him carrying exactly as it is at the moment. That's the perfect scenario for me at the moment. What if, because um, lots of people are saying there's very, very few really good head coaching candidates out there. So what if you give Greg Williams the job? So if we decide within a week um, of the end of the season, we interview a few people, we go, we want Greg Williams to be the head coach. And then Freddie Kitchens gets the job at, say, the Jets. And he's gone to the Jets. Where are we at then? That's a good, good angle. But I just can't... I personally can't see it happening, but um, that's easier said than done. Um, 
if if he went over to be head coach of Jets, then I would stand up and say, well done. Um, I think there could be something better for us, though. Yeah, uh, I just think it's a risk because it's all about making Baker Mayfield and our offence the best thing <laughs> it can be. Um, so, it, I've, Freddie Kitchens is the one coach I want to keep at the Cleveland Browns. Everyone else... Agree. ...doesn't bother me too much if they leave. Um, I like Blake Williams, but I'm not tied to him. So... If there's one coach that you want to keep, and Matt Nagy, everyone accepts he's done a good job at the Bears. He's got a very good defense, but the offense is the quarterback is very poor. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's had quite a bad year. Um, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns, but they're generally short little plays that Nagy's done a really good job of uh, scheming open. So I, I think it's a case that if I think Freddie Kitchens will get an interview, and it wouldn't surprise me if they go with him. Oh, it's a bit cool, Jack. And uh, let, I think let's park it there because if it happens, and mate, you got the hot take exclusive, you wanted it, blah blah blah. But no, um, I, I'm really happy. Hopefully, we go this route, uh, which will be to carry the same team into next year. Let's go. Let's go from there. Yeah, and just why the O line is something I wanted to discuss. Um, it's insane how low the amount of sacks and the uh, quarterback hits have been since week nine when uh, obviously the offense went over to Kitchens um, Jake Burns has done a fantastic piece over at cleveland.com sort of trying to explain from his view what it was um, you've had uh, Kevin Zeitler's been on uh, with Jeff Lloyd on Locked on Browns talking about his view on it but it just it's really clicked so I think there's certainly a case for re-signing Greg Robinson and draft by all means a third fourth round um, left tackle um, and then just sort of see how it clicks together and s sort of get the pieces there and work it out but I think you, you keep them together and that O-line can do wonders yeah um, do you know where our O-line ranks at the moment um, it's up there at the top so I would argue and um, I think most people are now sort of on course of it so the interior O-line as in left guard centre right guard certainly top three if not people are getting to the stage where they're saying they're the best in the NFL um, which isn't a massive surprise they are sort of I think the most expensive interior O-line in the NFL so they're getting paid and they are delivering which is what you want um, our tackles aren't great um, there's been improvement but what they're doing a lot of is scheming to give them chip blocks and other things to give them that extra little bit of help so uh, no, they're performing very well and uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Mm. All right. And, mate, it's 24 hours until I get to go out to uh, Washington. Exciting times, mate. Exciting times. Last game of the season, mate. It's going to be so tough uh, off-season. I, I wonder why I don't just stretch out a little bit more the uh, season so we get um, less time in injuries and uh, more time supporting the game we love mm. if it's one of those that it was every two weeks those a game or something it would be it's a bit too long so I, I think it works you've got sort of a 17 week season then the off season so it's about half a year um, and then you've got the training camps and other stuff so there's stuff going on a lot of the time yeah 
All right. And uh, where are you watching the game, Jack? Uh, I'll be watching the game at home and then I, I'm still trying to decide who I'm getting on. I'm, I'm balancing a couple of names in my head I might invite on and might have a three-way sit-down and chat after the game. Ooh. Captain Jack, I always like, I always get excited when you're uh, planning things. Man. I never know what's going to happen. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to discuss, so say Kitchen stays, regardless of which situation he says in with the Browns is it will impact what we do from a roster construction standpoint because your standard sort of team if you're looking at your 25 players on offense three quarterbacks um, four in the running back room so that's three running backs and one fullback usually um, three tight ends six wide receivers and nine O linemen that's sort of your average almost across the NFL the thing is though with if you're a McVeigh and you're using 11 personnel all the time, so three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end, and that was very much what Haley did, um, then you need those six wide receivers. Whereas we're seeing a lot of two tight end sets and more, it'll probably change the way we do roster construction. And it's the way we're acting at the moment, having only five wide receivers, but then having that extra tight end. And I think that'll be something that we take into next season um, and could easily be the case. But it obviously depends. If, if Kitchens has got enough time, you might want to change up what he does on offense. But I think if he wants to keep the same scheme and sort of styles he's running this year and takes that into next year, we might see a shift where we don't actually need as many wide receivers. So we might only have to add one rather than two this offseason. And then we switch um, and bring in an extra tight end just to uh, beef up that group. Mm. I think I'm leaning towards getting... Uh... The tight end room, one more weapon in there, a big weapon. Yeah, it's, it's all going to depend on what you do because some teams, obviously, you're not going to have that many tight ends on the field. So having a Fells and an Njoku and then sort of a Sefta Val doing bits, it works. Um, if you're going to have a system where you're going to use them all the time, then, uh, yeah, I, th I think you certainly need another one. Get an athletic tight end. Um, I haven't really been following the draft too much, but there's been a lot of praise for there's a lot of weapons in the tight ends coming out this year. So you might be able to get something in the second, third round if you uh, want to go that way. It's going to be exciting, mate. I think after, this, after the last game, we just got to get balls deep in draft information. Yeah, I think, I think the key thing to go through first is go through your... Um, we want to do the position reviews, chat about not just 20, what our roster will look like in 2019, but I want to look as well and do what it will look like in 2020. Because when a team's going out and making free agency and draft moves, you're looking at least two, if not three years down the line, because yeah. you're not looking at just what the team means in 2019, because that's how bad teams stay bad. Um, you've got to look, and there's no point trying to do three years. Do, do, we'll do two years. So we'll have loads of stuff on different decisions we can make on the roster all the way up to a free agency. And then we'll start doing some draft talk and getting some draft experts on to talk just different position rooms and tell us what the options are. So uh, we'll sit there and discuss what we think the room's going to be. We'll get the expert on to say, right, here's what you should be doing. Um, it, here's sort of day three quarterback. Here's sort of a round one O-line if you want to do that. Here's sort of deeper O-line. And uh, we'll get all, loads of different draft experts on and give yourselves really good input because, hey, there's people out there that watch all these prospects all year round and they know a lot more than we could ever know. Yeah. 
Well, it is exciting that last year I was doing my uh, mock draft from the start of December and I haven't even looked at it yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really good because I have a lot of these draft podcasts on my um, sort of list of uh, podcasts I'm subscribed to, but I've not really been listening to that many of them. Um, I think it's a case of once sort of the Super Bowl happens, that's really a time of I'll delve in more. But uh, no, I'll, I'll be looking at more after this week and just sort of, so you start breaking down free agency and deciding where the holes are, and then you decide where your draft needs are. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. All right, great. And guys, any ideas of shows that you want or you want to come on the show and discuss about anything, please let us know. Send me a DM, send some info for Jack. And um, yeah, off-season, we've got plans for a show a day. Yeah, no, there's some interesting stuff bouncing around. We'll nail down what it looks like, but uh, no, I'm certainly excited. All right, great. Well, look, I'm going to finish up. Two days to kick off, one day till I start my travels. It's getting excited. I'm going to, I'm going to start 8 o'clock in the morning in uh, Baltimore. I'm going to go and get some uh, crab cakes, which is quite renowned. And then I'm going to uh, start a bar crawl to the um, official Browns. Uh, Backers uh, bar, and then I'm going to go to the stadium for 45 minutes, and then I'm uh, going to fly home. Sounds good, buddy. Have a cracking time. Um, I'll hopefully see you for one more podcast before you go, and then uh, yeah, just really enjoy it, have fun, and uh, I'll see you in the new year, mate. Next podcast, Heathrow Airport. How does that work for you? Depends on the timings, but. Uh, We'll have a chat, because I've got some driving to do tomorrow, so uh, we'll play it by it. All right, buddy, mate. Keep, keep the good work coming, mate, and uh, speak to you soon. Have a good one. Cheers, pal.